You're listening to a message from Pastor Kenny Garrett recorded at a live service at the General Baptist Church God's House of Prayer located in Fairborn, Ohio. Matthew chapter 15 will be in verse 20, or we'll start in verse 21. Stand with me when you get there. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. For she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we come into your divine and holy presence this morning. Lord, we thank you for the chance you've given us, for the chance you've uh, given us to assemble here, Lord. I pray that you anoint me to preach, anoint ears to hear, and hearts to understand. Draw us each closer to one another as you draw us closer to yourself. And we will never fail to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. So this morning, all of us here together, we want to talk about faith. And not just normal faith. I want to talk this morning about great faith. How to develop great faith. I'm sure that you're like me and have always admired people that have great faith. A willingness and an ableness to always trust in the Lord. One of my favorite people in history, uh, which you may or may not be familiar with, if you're not, I urge you to read as much about him as you can. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, testimony he left us. But a pastor by the name of George Mueller, who had the faith to believe that God would care for thousands of orphans through him. He worked, he lived and uh, worked in England uh, from about 1830 to uh, almost 1900 he lived. But he ran an orphanage in Bristol, Uh, When the Lord spoke to him and told him to start this work, he had just a couple shillings in his pocket. He never, ever did any fundraising. So George Mueller never passed a plate. He never asked anybody for anything. He never even let their needs be known. Yet the Lord sent about, it was over $8 million through his hands uh, during that time. In today's money, you're, you're talking just a little over $100 million 
is what came through George Mueller's orphanages. Now, it might seem like the lesson of that is that uh, to have success, you have faith. But the reality is you're living, George Mueller's living a completely different lifestyle uh, than what we're accustomed to, what we think about. He trusted on God to provide. He simply made his needs known to the Lord, and the Lord provided them. George Mueller cared for over 10,000 orphans uh, throughout England at this time. He also, later in life, was an evangelist and traveled over 200,000 miles uh, back when nothing flew except for birds uh, and preached the gospel. All these things without soliciting or asking for a dime of anybody except the Lord. Day by day and year by year, the food that he needed appeared. He prayed for his daily provision. It came from all different places. Sometimes the food showed up just in time for the meal. I've always admired George Mueller's faith, but uh, one, of the, one of the stories you can read about is when Mueller sets down hundreds of orphans to dinner and he has no food, and that is great faith in the Lord. I, I, don't, I can't think of anybody who would have that much trust and faith and confidence in God uh, to go quite that far. But miraculously, a knock on the door comes and breakfast is served. And this happens time and time again. But you don't always need to reach that far back to understand what great faith looks like in our world. Uh, we have people around us. God has blessed us with the church. When I sit back in times of relaxation and think about the people that I've known, the people that I've labored with in the gospel, the people I've worked with and grew up with, I can list dozens of people with great faith. Trust in God. And today in the scripture, Christ meets just such a person. Our faith takes, uh, faith this morning in the scripture takes uh, the shape of a Canaanite mother. She's distraught. She's begging for mercy at the feet of Jesus. And she's willing to accept any crumb that God may drop her way. And God says to her that her faith is great. Great is thy faith, is the words Christ spoke to this Canaanite mother. Christ was walking with his disciples from Galilee to Tyre, the Gentile city. Uh, it's on the Phoenician coast. And a local woman comes up to him. If you can picture this in your mind. She says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter suffering terribly from a demon possession. Now think about that. Of all the problems and things that we face in our daily lives, have we ever faced a situation as critical as that, demon possession of a daughter. And Christ didn't answer her at first, but she doesn't give up. Have you ever been in a place where you've cried out to God and the answer didn't come straight away? This woman was not discouraged by the Lord's initial lack of a response. She presses on. 
Now I'll help you with the parameters here. Uh, this woman is a Canaanite woman who had just come from a heathen land to see Christ. It was a good moment for that Canaanite woman. It was a good day, but she had had plenty of bad moments leading up to this because we know the end of the story. But have you sat and thought about what her life looks like leading up to this? Living with a child that's possessed by a demon. What her day in and day out must have looked like. An agent of Satan attacking her child's body. So this woman came to Christ and followed him and begged for his help. There was nothing she would not do for her child. And I'm sure uh, many of you can share that same mental state. There's nothing we would not do for our loved ones. And no doubt this mother had heard of Christ and his miracles, and she wanted him to heal her daughter of this demon possession. Clearly, she believed that Christ could fix what was broken in her life, that she needed a Savior for this situation. But this woman is not an Israelite. She's not of the bloodline that the Lord came to redeem. So she's in quite a predicament. What greater need could a mother have than a child possessed by a demon? But she's not of the right lineage. She cries out, still you have mercy on me. But Jesus answered her, not a word. Jesus answered her, not a word. Now, maybe I could understand Christ not answering her if she had started out by telling him all the good work she had done all the volunteering she had, she had done, all the great works that she had accomplished, how worthy she felt of his attention, how good a life she had been living, that he should do this for her, but she said no sort of thing. She said the only words, and we know from the Bible they were the right words, she said the only words she could think of to get Christ's attention that morning. So there are times when you and I have to learn to come humbly, just like she did before the Lord. Amen. A trembling voice, yearning in your spirit just for mercy from God. Now there's times you've been on your knees in prayer and the heavens seem to be made of steel and the answer isn't coming. And you don't see the Lord move Immediately, and it feels like inside that the Lord is, has turned from you, a deaf ear to your cry. So what do we do when God does not respond to us? When God does not, uh, if God's not with us and with our needs immediately. Now there's times I'm sure that we've all had where it seems as though the prayer is answered before you kneel down to pray. And the answer's quick and it's obvious. But then there's sometimes, if we're truthful, 
that it seems like the Lord isn't listening. And we pray and we pray and we pray. So what do we do? When we've acknowledged our weakness and our needs before God and He seemingly doesn't respond. Christ didn't respond to this lady, not a word. So His disciples came and said, send her away. She keeps crying out after us. If you read through those verses there in 2023, 24, Lord's not answering, but the Lord is listening. Right? The Lord's not answering her, but he is hearing her. We may think we're being ignored is bad. We may think that praying and not hearing back immediately is troublesome. But what about uh, Jesus, when he did answer this woman, he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. So when he does speak to her, now he is, I don't want to say calling her names, but it's certainly not the response that you and I are trained to listen to or, or expecting from Christ. He puts out a statement of fact about her lineage about her ethnicity but she's not offended how many of you and I would be offended how many people today pick up the word of God and read what God has to say and are offended by it they don't see that it's ultimate truth we get discouraged uh, when people around us say things like that we've come to expect stories of compassion from Christ, stories of Christ healing those that were hurt and sick and lost. But this time, Jesus' response is far from what we expect. He ignores her, and then he talks to his disciples as if she's not present. And finally, this mother from Canaan comes and kneels down in front of Jesus in the dirt. And she doesn't begin with a long, drawn-out prayer. She simply says, Lord, help me. She demands. And his remark sounds callous to our ears. Now, you and I know that Christ knows the end of the story from the beginning. Right? He knows the end from the beginning. He never, he knew that this woman was not going to walk away without her needs being met that day. So he tells her, Talks to her about lineage and crumbs from the table. Or I'm sorry, bread for the children. Uh, crumbs from the tables. How she responds and her faith is put to the test. He allowed her faith to be tried and to prove that it was genuine. He wanted everyone around them to know that this woman needs, means business. That she's not going to stop when the answer doesn't come as she expects it the first time. She's not going to give up when her feelings get hurt. We know from the scripture that it's not God's intention to leave the same way that you came. And Christ knows this about this situation. He knows she's not going to get up and leave the same way that she came. 
So now, not only does he know how great her faith is, but everyone around them knows how great her faith is. And the most important part is that she knows how great her faith is. And that's the providence of faith. It begins where probabilities cease. It begins where sight and sense start to fail. If you read through these scriptures, the Canaanite mother addresses Jesus as Lord three times. She's acknowledging and admitting Christ's divinity and his position as Lord and Master. And this mother knows that she's begging for leftover crumbs. She did not demand a place at the table. She knew that she was a beggar before the table of God, and she said she was. She asked mainly just to eat the crumbs that fall off from the table of the Lord. At that point, Christ completely opens his heart to her and yields uh, to her request. And he knows He knows at the time that you and I would be reading this a couple thousand years later and learning from it and understanding it. He knows that sometimes God conceals his grace and favor from our face, but we um, cannot esteem him through that. We must take him at his word. We must trust his word, trust who God is. If we could all do that as the people of God, come before the throne humbly, only on a basis of God's mercy, and admit to each other that you and I are simply beggars that have found some bread, that we want to share that bread with other beggars, that everything we have is a gift from God, No matter how hard you worked or no matter how hard you saved, God has enabled you to get that. That is a blessing from the Lord. It was God that's given us our talents, the very air and the strength that we have. And no matter how much you may exercise or don't exercise or eat right or don't eat right, your health is a gift from the Lord. And great faith like shown here, demands that you and I be persistent in our prayers, to be never ceasing in our relationship with God. And we must remember that in the scriptures this morning, Christ didn't answer her first call, and she kept crying out. And when Jesus spoke, it was not to her, but only to his disciples about her. And when she fell at Christ's feet and Jesus spoke to her at first, they were harsh words, but still she persisted. And that bold persistence helps make her faith great. If there's no bold persistence in the Lord, there's no great faith. Bold prayer may be counterintuitive to us as people. If you look through Philippians chapter 4, we're taught to be content with what we have. And in many ways, 
That, that is also a gift from the Lord to be content in what we have. But we also must understand in situations like these, situations like George Mueller, when the Lord calls us and the Lord is there, we can boldly go and before, the, before the throne and ask and do his will and focus our life correctly. It's the last thing we'll talk about. Uh, this morning is life focused correctly. When we think about, we'll talk a little bit in the beginning about George Mueller and the amount of money that comes through uh, his orphanage, his organization. Uh, that is a vast amount of dollars, right? But that was never on George Mueller's mind. He simply sought to do the Lord's work. And what happens next is up to the Lord. You and I can boldly do the Lord's work. There's a couple dozen of us assembled here on Vine Street. Uh, we've undertaken what I think is, is a vast work here in this neighborhood, and the Lord has blessed us thoroughly. We can be bold in our prayers and our asking for more gospel work, that more people come to know him, that we will be content with the crumbs, that we will find nourishment in the crumbs, and that every portion of every crumb that we get, there's something much larger in it. We know, we know what the Lord is capable of. We know that we serve a big God, the creator of all things, the master of all things. And you and I, while the world is seemingly in chaos and burning, you and I can rest in God's love and have great faith in his provision. Stand with me this morning.